worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God. And the book of, to begin with, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verses 1 through 9, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Then looking in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Verses 1 through 4, Ephesians chapter 6. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which is the sword of the Spirit amongst so many other things. Thank you, Father, for the fact that your word equips us for war and your word teaches our hands to battle, to prepare for battle. And Lord, thank you for the privilege we have as believers, as men and women of God, as fathers and mothers, to have the privilege, the honor and the opportunity and the responsibility of helping and encouraging our children to come to know Christ and then to help them to grow up and to become mature believers as well, to become warriors in the kingdom of God who know how to not only go out on the battlefield to defend themselves, but to go out and build the kingdom of God and tear down the kingdom of darkness. Thank you for the opportunity, this privilege, this responsibility. Help us to do it well by the power of your spirit more and more. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer, and he's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we're so thankful that we can live each day with great expectations of what you can do, what a powerful God you are, what a loving God, a merciful God you are, an all-knowing God. God, we just uh, thank you today for your sovereignty, how we can look at things going on in the world and sometimes uh, scratch our heads or pull our hair out, and, and yet uh, you're never doing that, Father. You're very much in control, so we're thankful for that. We pray for our nation, Father, that revival would sweep through this nation. We know, Father, it would not be an, uh, an act of your response of, of how good we are or anything in us, but it would be an act of mercy. So we do pray out of your mercy that you would sweep through this nation and send revival. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. I want to remind our listeners, too, once again, we're encouraging if you're in earshot or the possibility of you think you can be with us, we're inviting you to come to an event that's going to happen this Saturday, the 5th of November. It's a Festival for Life. It's a pro-life event scheduled again for this Saturday, uh, November 5th, at the Word of Faith Global Ministries Church in Bessemer, Alabama. Uh, the host pastors, Pastor Reginald and Brandy Gibson. So if you can come and be with us, we invite you to come. The address, 1723 3rd Avenue North in Bessemer, Alabama, just outside of Birmingham. If you can come and be with us, we invite you to come. Uh, a Festival for Life is a multimedia ministry event that uses movie clips, music videos, and movie trailers to help share a biblical message about the need for the church to do two important things. One is to aggressively come alongside and work with and support the great ministry of local pregnancy centers, and also challenging the church to become boldly and faithfully committed to standing for life. And so if you can be with us, we invite you to come. If you don't think you can make it, we ask that you please pray for the Lord to anoint this event, to draw the people he desires to be there, and to do a mighty work to stir the church to be much more involved in boldly standing for life. So please send your prayers if you don't think you can make it. But again, that's 10 o'clock this Saturday, November 5th at Word of Faith Global Ministries Church in Bessemer, Alabama. If you need more information, simply call us here at AFA, 662-844-5036, extension 381. We hope that you can come. We are very blessed and honored to have as our phone guest today, Pastor Timothy and Lori Board and their sons, Timothy, Luke, and Elijah. The whole gang is excited that the board family is with us today. Good to have uh, you all with us, uh, Pastor Timothy and family. Yeah, gl- glad to be here. All right. An honor to have you. And, of course, uh, we're grateful that Timothy, Luke, and Elijah each were participants in our Ten Commandments uh, speech contest this year. And each of them did a great job. And we're going to have the privilege of hearing their speeches um, just a little later in the program. So, but first, uh, Pastor Timothy and Sister Lori, we're going to talk to you, Dad and Mom, as we get started. So, I'm going to ask if uh, you all would just first take a few moments to further introduce yourself, and then we want to talk to you about discipling children. Yeah, Joseph, uh, Lori and I uh, were born and raised in the greater Chicagoland area, and uh, when the Lord brought us together, as husband and wife, uh, we uh, did the, we trained for ministry in Bible college, and and uh, from there, you know, we served in uh, you know, churches all over the country, from you know Denver, you know Dayton, DC area, and uh, in the central Wisconsin, the Dells, and now we serve with a missionary organization and uh, in just you know different pastoral ministry contexts. We travel and. Uh, do ministry, and uh, you know, I tell pastors, I say, you know, we're not the Von Trapps, but we do do some music, and, and so it's a tremendous honor to serve and preach and teach the Word of God, and it's really our heart and our prayer that the Lord would use uh, use our family. It really is similar to what Rick had uh, said in, in his prayer, the Lord, that, would, that He would use us as a catalyst to Reformation, Revival, and Revitalization of the American Church uh, in this time in our, in our nation's history. All right. Well, and I will add to that. We have yes. uh, six children. I don't know if Tim mentioned that, but uh, in, in light of your prayers earlier for raising up warriors, I think we've 
considered the name of our homeschool to be enlisted for his glory academy. So uh, <laughs> like your prayer about that. All right. Well, again, very honored to have each of you on with us today. And uh, uh, as we start, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Pastor T- Timothy and Lori first, if you all would just respond to just a few questions I'd like to ask you, because, of course, one of our goals is, amongst other things, that you have the opportunity to share some words of wisdom and encouragement to other parents in the discipleship of their children as well. So again, we're grateful that uh, all these three of your children, um, Timothy, Elijah, and Luke, were able to be a part of the Ten Commandments speech contest. Would you say, did you see your children, your three boys, grow spiritually through their participation in the speech contest? Oh, very much. I mean, it's by sheer virtue of just the project uh, of maybe a little bit of freer intrepidation uh, of going into it. Uh, uh, I'm not so sure if we necessarily gave them uh, much of an option whether or not to do it, but it's like we would share with them positively, hey, this is a tremendous opportunity for you to uh, uh, take a, a step of faith and do something maybe that you're not uh, totally comfortable with, but by sheer virtue of doing so, they they built some spiritual muscle. Mm, that's good. That's good. Lori, anything you wanted to add to that? Well, and I think, too, it was a good exercise in, um, I guess, clearly communicating the truth that they believe, but just organizing it in a fashion and and particularly encouraging them to make sure that Scripture is heavily included in there in, as far as what they believe, because that is the bedrock foundation of what we believe. Mm. All right. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I want to ask if each of you, Pastor Timothy and Lauren, would you all pray for parents, and, and Christian parents as a whole, and to grow in their knowledge and understanding of the need to make discipling their children a high priority? Oh, sure. Sure. Father, we are grateful that as men and women brand, branded in your image as the Creator, O oh Lord, we're thankful by sheer virtue of being brought together uh, in marriage. You have built our homes and our families, and so, Lord, I pray that more and more uh, families here in America and abroad, Lord, would have resolute biblical conviction to take personal ownership of the stewardship responsibility of the next generation that is being raised up right in their own home, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that especially for for men, for dads, Lord, that you would give us guys greater wisdom to understand the times in which we live, give us greater vision to see beyond what is to what ought to be. And, Lord, give us greater courage to initiate decisive action for such a time as this, as we sacrificially love our wives and intentionally shepherd the hearts of our children in the paths of righteousness to the praise of your glory, for you are the one, O God, who has redeemed us with your very blood in the matchless name above all names, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we have living hope for time and eternity. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, we just pray for all the moms out there, particularly as they uh, many times are the boots on the ground with the kids during the day and um, just doing a lot of spiritual training. Lord, I pray for the wisdom for these moms and for patience, and uh, I pray for the children as well, for hearts that are 
soft and willing to listen and obey, Lord. And we just pray that overall, Lord, we know that this sphere that you have placed us in is is so powerful uh, due to the amount of time that we have together, Lord. We just pray that it would just greatly magnify your glory throughout eternity as generations to come might know the praises of the Lord. And so we lift up these families and pray that they would do that teach them diligently, as your word says, Lord, and to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And we praise you for who you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Thank you. Uh, to dad and mom both, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges facing Christian parents in the discipling of their children <laughs> today? Well, uh, I think it was uh, G.K. Chesterton famously said years ago when he was asked a similar question, and he, he said, uh, you know, basically in response to the question, what's the problem with the world? And he said, me. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because of, the, you know, the depravity of of uh, my own heart and how I need God, the Lord's rescuing grace uh, day by day. And, uh, and because... Uh, you know, being just a, a mere man, uh, it's so very easy to to be uh, lackadaisical, uh, lazy, slothful, and and also inconsistent, uh, in the, in just thinking like, oh, you know, mom will mom will do it. Or, uh, but what's sobering about that is that not only uh, is my heart sinful, albeit redeemed, uh, the hearts of of our children. Uh, they, they have the same problem because it, it's the challenge is like when we deposit this uncontaminated salt and light into their hearts, it's mm-hmm. like it uh, it tends to leak out like a sieve, and so mm-hmm. the, and hence the like Lori said the the life on life discipleship and mentoring. Uh, you know when we rise up, when we sit down, when we you know, walk by the way, and you know we lie down mm-hmm. uh, throughout you know throughout the day. Just this, I'm gonna have to jump this, in right here. We're gonna uh, pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guests today are Pastor Timothy and Lori Board, and their sons Timothy, Luke, and Elijah. We'll be right back. Planet Shakers with Only Way, reminding us that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life and eternal salvation. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guests today are Pastor Timothy 
and Lori Board and their sons, Timothy, Luke, and Elijah. And as we move into this next segment, we're going to go ahead and introduce the uh, young men. Uh, we're going to start with Elijah. Elijah, how are you today? Good. Good. Good to have you. Appreciate you being on with us. And Elijah, we're going to go ahead and listen to your speech. And afterwards, then we're going to talk back to you in just a few moments. Okay. Okay. Abortion is wrong because God is the author of life and breath and children are a gift from him. Children are eternal souls from the moment of fertilization. Abortion is wrong. Why is it wrong? Well, let's look at what the Lord says in the Bible. In Exodus 20, the Lord is speaking to Moses, giving him the Ten Commandments. The seventh one is, you shall not murder. God didn't just tell Moses to flip a coin to see whether murder is right or wrong. He said, you shall not murder. And God is the author of life and breath. In Psalm 139:14, it says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Right when the sperm fertilizes the egg in the mother's womb, that's a living human being created in the image of God. The definition of murder is the unlawful killing of one human being by another. Aborting a little baby in the mother's womb is murdering that little child. So now you tell me whether abortion lines up with the definition of murder. It does. Children are a total gift from God. In Psalm 127.3, it says, Children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Even if the baby is imperfect in our eyes, each baby is a perfect part of his total plan. There are a lot of tough problems in life, but killing an innocent little baby before he or she is born is never a good way to solve a problem. Those little babies would be fighting for their lives if they could. How could someone who kills babies ever go to heaven, you ask? In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. God hates your sin, but he loves your soul. There is hope. Jesus loved us so much that he died on the cross to pay for our sin. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he paid for your sins, the Bible says you are saved and forgiven of your sins. So even abortionists can get saved if they repent from their sins and trust Christ as their personal savior. We need to remember that babies are eternal souls. My mom just had a miscarriage several months ago and she knows that she will see that little baby in heaven. And it's the same for all of those aborted babies because they are eternal souls. So abortion is wrong because God is the author of life and breath and children are a gift from him and children are eternal souls. And remember that aborting little babies is never the right thing to do. Make sure to stand for life. Amen. Amen. Elijah, that's some heavy preaching. I tell you what. Thank you, sir. Excellent speech. Excellent. Excellent. Elijah, how old are you? I am 13 years old. You're 13 years old. You, well, you preach like a 35-year-old preacher. Okay, great message, great message. <laughs> Got a question for you. What, how would you say uh, doing this speech strengthened you in your relationship with Christ? Um, mainly building more spiritual muscle mm -hmm. and talking about our 
truth, mm. mainly. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, excellent answer. Thank you for sharing that. Elijah, you were going to share a scripture with us. I believe you're going to read from Isaiah for us. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Go right ahead and share that scripture. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken at the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongue from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. So I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return and be healed. All right. Isaiah 6. One through ten. All righty. Thank you, Elijah. Powerful scriptures. Well, thank you, Elijah, for sharing with us today. All right. Next, we're going to talk to Timothy. Uh, Timothy, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Very good. Timothy, now, how old are you now? I am 16 years old. You're 16. Okay. Well, we're going to hear your speech next, Timothy, and then we'll come back and talk with you as well. All right. Since abortion was legalized by the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision in January of 1973, Planned Parenthood has promoted and made available the murder of helpless unborn infants to all Americans. The destruction of human life used to be part of pagan uncivilized society, but now has become commonplace in American culture today. Kevin Swanson says in Preparing the World for Jesus, quote, from the earliest times, sinful man has been quick to abandon natural affection and murder his own children if he thinks he can get more material prosperity for himself. Similarly, in the modern world, parents do not hesitate to kill their own children in the womb if they believe the children will be too expensive or inconvenient for them." End quote. The reason people have become so morally degraded that they resort to destroying human life is because their mind and heart are not conformed to any solid basis of authoritative morality. If our hearts are not bolted to the deck of truth, the storm of immorality will sweep our hearts into the raging storm of falsehood. We must look to the holy word of God as the divine moral basis of truth, and therefore to know the difference between right and wrong in today's abortion holocaust. The Bible is God's divinely inspired word. 2 Timothy 3.16 states, 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Therefore, we should look to the Bible for answers. To understand the questions of ethics, we must understand where right and wrong originated. It should make sense to us that the Creator sets the rules for the proper function of His creation. Thus, when the creation follows its own set of rules that it believes is the best, the result is disorder and improper function. God, as the Almighty Creator, has laid out in His Word the foundations of right and wrong, and they are consistent with His righteous nature. Even though the whole of Scripture tells us how we must honor the Lord, the Ten Commandments sums it all up in a simple and concise form. These Ten Commandments are the divine moral laws of God, because they are consistent with His holy character and nature. Violating them is a direct assault on who he is. In the book of Exodus, the Ten Commandments were written on tablets of stone by the very finger of God and given to his servant Moses on Mount Sinai for the children of Israel. The sixth commandment we are focusing on is, Thou shalt not murder. The concept of life is very deeply rooted in the creation of the world. We see in Genesis 2 verse 7 that says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And it says in chapter 1, verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. In chapter 1, verse 31, says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So clearly we see that when God created man in his own image, he was pleased with what he had made. Everything was perfect and good. But eventually, man was deceived and disobeyed the Lord's one rule. This brought sin and death into the world. The truth of God is distorted when the devil uses his lies to deceive people and pervert the meaning of life, which leads to the selfish lust for abortion. Scripture says that the devil is a liar and the father thereof. In John 14, verse 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One of the lies that Satan uses is life is cheap. From the evolutionary perspective, we are all just insignificant creatures evolving somewhere in the wheel of time. But this directly contradicts what the Bible says. We know from Genesis 1, 26 through 27, that the Lord God created man in his own image as male and female. Revelation 4, 11, it says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Therefore, if we understand what the Bible teaches, we know that life is precious in the sight of God, not meaningless and cheap. Also, another lie Satan uses is children are a burden. If we just listen to our feelings, this is what we will hear. Children will seem like they slow you down, take up all your time and money, and use all the, up all the attention that, in truth, you just want to give to yourself. This lie should generally coincide with the Planned Parenthood slogan, Women's Health women's health, 
define as their own happiness. But if we reject our flesh and read God's word with the eyes of faith, we see, as Psalm 127 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. We are, when we are faithful to teach our children to honor their parents and to love the Lord their God with all their heart, they do not have to be viewed as a burden, but as little blessings from the Lord. Finally, the lie that it's all about you is also a falsehood. This lie is the basis for all the selfish pride that raised and destroyed man's empires throughout the ages. But thanks be to God, life is most definitely not about us. Jesus Christ is the hero of the story. We are wretched sinners who have suppressed the truth in ungodliness. Romans chapter 3 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, none who seeks after God. All have turned aside. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their feet are swift to shed blood. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And it goes on. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, is the hero of the story. Because of our sin nature, we rebel against God. The only way we could be reconciled was by the blood of a spotless, perfect lamb that would atone for our sin. For this reason, God sent Jesus Christ as the perfect lamb of God who took our sin upon himself and died that his blood would wash away all our sin. Then he rose again the third day from the grave and conquered sin and death. If we place our faith and trust in his death, burial, and resurrection, we shall be saved and set free from being slaves to sin. Our lives should be for his glory. In conclusion, remember that the word of God is the divine moral basis for all of life and is profitable for instruction in righteousness. When we faithfully study to know what is right and wrong, we will know that life is precious in the sight of God, that children are a blessing from the God, and that our lives are not created for our own pleasure, but for the glory and praise of God for who He is and for what He has done. May we be faithful to advance the truth of God to the ends of the earth. Amen. Great, great speech from yep. Timothy. Amen. Beautiful speech. Uh, Timothy, I can picture you fellas sitting up at night preaching at each other. Great job. Great job. We'll pick up on the other side. We'll pick up on uh, on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we have the Board family as our phone guest today. We'll be right back. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. 
This is how I fight my battles That's what we're doing tonight It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded The music of Michael W. Smith with Surrounded Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guests today are Pastor Timothy and Lori Board and their sons, Timothy, Luke, and Elijah. Uh, Timothy, real briefly speaking back with you, uh, again, great, yeah. great speech. Appreciate you sharing that. Can you share with us ways you feel like you grew in your relationship to Christ as you participated in this project? Well, I'm very thankful for the, the opportunity to practice my speaking and articulating what I believe and from Scripture and, well, basically just organizing it mm. and overcoming fear as far as what other people thinking about me also. Mm. But, yeah. That's good. That's great good. process. Mm. Well, again, we really do appreciate you participating. And um, now, you were going to sh- read a script, a passage of scripture for us as well, I believe, from uh, yeah. a book that um, I'm guessing maybe you and your dad both might have taken your name. So you're going to read from Second <laughs> Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter three. Uh, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, go right ahead. To Second Timothy three verses twelve through chapter four, verse five. It says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will keep up for themselves teachers that will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry. That's 2 Timothy 3, verses 12 through 4, verse 5. All right, Timothy. Thank you so much for sharing that powerful passage as well, and thanks for being with us today. Amen. We're going to move right on to uh, Luke. Uh, Luke, how are you today? Doing pretty good. That's good. Good to have you on as well. We're going to listen to your speech and then come back and talk to you as well. All right. You shall not murder. 
Since the Roe v. Wade court decision in 1973, there has been upwards of 63 million abortions in the United States. This is an enormous tragedy. Every year there has been over 600,000 abortions performed, and in the year 1990 alone, there were some estimates 1.6 million babies killed. The leading cause of death every day is not heart disease, as you might have thought, but abortion. Every day more than 3,000 babies are murdered. What is the reason for this mass murder? Well, when man stops valuing human life, it's a sign of moral breakdown in our culture, and also is rebellion against God's design. And no matter what anyone says, abortion is taking life, period. It's a life from the moment of conception. Now people say, it's about women's health, and my body, my choice, but what about the baby's health? Does the baby get any say in whether it gets to live or not? And also, those are both very self-centered statements. To do an abortion means to take the life of a baby, born or unborn, who is an image bearer of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Well, why is abortion wrong? God says that it is wrong in his word, the Bible. In Exodus 20, verse 13, God says, you shall not murder. Now here God is giving the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai, and the Ten Commandments are the moral law of God. Was it just random? Were God and Moses debating whether or not murder should be right or wrong? No, murder is not consistent with God's character and nature because God is a God of life. He created life. Acts 17 verse 25 says, He gives to all life, breath, and all things. Also, man knows that is wrong deep down in his heart. God has given each and every one of us a conscience, but man suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. Romans 1 verse 17 through 25 talks about that stuff. And the only way someone can kill a baby without their conscience making them feel guilty is if they devalue the inherent worth and value of that person in their minds. That's why at abortion clinics, the doctors do not refer to the unborn child as such, but they refer to it as a fetus. Also, it undermines God's plan. Because in the beginning, God told Adam and Eve to, in Genesis 1.28, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Well, what is the purpose of having babies? It is to fill the earth with worshipers of the Lord of hosts, who alone is worthy of all praise. Man is taking matters into his own hands when he's deciding to take the life of a human being. And God is the giver and taker of life. He is in charge. He is in control, not man. So when man takes the life of a baby, he's in direct defiance to God's plan. God loves and cares for babies and children, as shown in his holy word, the Bible. In the gospel records, Jesus says, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them. And also in Psalm 139, it says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. God has designed each and every baby to be unique. They even have their own set of fingerprints from as early as 14 weeks from conception. John Frame in his book Medical Ethics says, quote, There is nothing in scripture that even remotely suggests that the unborn child is anything less than a human person from the moment of conception. Amen. When we look at creation, we can see that it did not just happen by chance. 
we can see that there had to be a designer. And that designer is the master designer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And also Colossians 1 16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. So you might be wondering, how can I stand for life where I live right now? First of all, prayer is the most important thing that you can do right now. Prayer is a powerful weapon. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Also Philippians 4.6 says, But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And finally, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray without ceasing. Pray for more people in our nation's government to stand for the life of the unborn. And pray that the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision will be overturned this summer with the Dobbs v. Jackson case. Secondly, vote pro-life. Third, get in touch with great ministries like American Family Association and 40 Days for Life. Fourth, thank the Lord for men and women who have the moxie to pass bills like they've done in Texas, Oklahoma, and other states. And fifth, if you have children, remember that it is a stewardship responsibility from the Lord. Psalm 127 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. Teach them to value life like God does. In closing, remember that abortion is wrong because God says that it is wrong in his word, and also it undermines God's plan because man is taking matters into his own hands. And finally, remember that God values children as we see in the Bible. Always honor the Lord by honoring and protecting the life of the unborn. Amen. Amen. Luke, excellent speech. Excellent speech. You and your brothers are some heavy preachers. I tell you what, great job. Great job. All right, Luke, you're going to share scripture from the God, from the, the book of Romans, correct? Yes. Okay. Go right ahead. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Romans 5, verse 1 through 11. All right, Luke. Thank you so much again. Excellent speech, and thank you for reading. Luke, now how old did you say you are? I'm 14 years old. You're 14 years old. All right. Okay, then. Well, again, thank you so much, Luke, and thank you again to... 
Elijah and Timothy, excellent speeches, and thank you for letting the Lord use you wonderfully. Uh, Pastor Timothy and Laurie, our time is just about gone. I'm going to ask, could you all take the next 45 seconds to pray for young people, whatever's on your heart, to pray for our youth before our time ends today? Sure. Father, we thank you that you are from everlasting to everlasting, the one true and living God who is the great I am. You are the God who is, and you are the God who has spoken. And so, Father, we do pray for the next generation, Lord, that by the power of your Spirit and your love and grace in Christ Jesus, Lord, that they would take personal ownership of what they believe and why they believe it, and to know how to defend the truth of your Word and the comprehensive nature of the biblical Christian worldview in the context of a secularized culture that is increasingly hostile to you and your Word, O God. So come what may, may you be pleased to raise up a generation with a passion to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ in every arena of life, for the glory of your name. And Lord, we do pray for the salvation of souls and that that Christian parents and families, Lord, that would be deliberate to advance the light of the gospel to the end of the earth, beginning right at home, in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Lord. Amen. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we'd like to invite you to make that step now. In all of life, the most important decision that a person can make is the decision to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you want to make that step, would you simply pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three, three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. You told us in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much want to be in touch with you once again. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please be sure and get in touch with us once again. That email, joseph at afr.net. Well, Pastor Timothy and Sister Laurie, Timothy, Luke, and Elijah, thank you all again so much for being with us today. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. An honor to have you on. And again, uh, to Timothy, Luke, and Elijah, great job. And we hope that you'll look for other venues to share those speeches. Don't throw them away. Keep them in your back pocket. I hope you use them many more times <laughs> yeah. in the future. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.